Welcome to Running Is Bullshit, I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. It's episode 77, and Amy, straight away we've got two very exciting pieces of news. First, we just hit 100,000 downloads, which is very weird. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, a big shout out for, to anyone that like, got a new phone on during the last few years and just downloaded all the episodes again. That's really helped us. Anyone that does anything like that, it's great. And all those people we paid in Russia to just keep downloading the app, you know, downloading the yeah, absolutely. podcast. So. <laughs> Don't care if you've listened. The download is what we get the figure yeah. for. So that's what we like. So thank you very much, everyone, for that. Um, second bit of good news. Amy, I fell over. Hey. That was fun. Um, early morning run with William. So I had him on the harness. Uh, it's still dark. We went up a metal bridge and uh, there's like a 90 degree turn on the bridge. He kind of whips around the corner quickly and because the, uh, the bungee lead kind of hits the corner of it, whips me around a bit quick, and I just slip sideways, land on both my knees, and uh, proceeded to have blood dripping down my knee for the rest of the run, which was hilarious. Nice. It's pretty gnarly, although I always find that if I do have blood coming down my knees on a run, I feel kind of hardcore. Like, if people look at me, like, a bit scared, thinking, what's, what's happened? Yeah. I'm like, don't, don't ask. Don't ask. You wouldn't understand. You wouldn't understand the travelling life. <laughs> I got that vibe a little bit, because I was mostly running in trails, but I had to come back through, like, a little bit of a housing estate, and I did one day, it's like, parents walking their kids to school and like oh god why has that man got blood all over his legs i am wondering when my big fall of 2022 is going to be i've had on my recent runs i've had a few like near misses and like silly near misses you know when you like forget a curb's there in the dark and you just remember at the right time and i thought if i didn't know it was there if i'd forgotten i would have fallen over so i think Don't forget a curb is there no yeah if between the pavement and the road <laughs> it's a fairly solid rule no but where exactly that curb is gonna occur so a curb um so yeah i i feel like 2022 the big fall of 2022 is coming it's coming soon you're anticipating it early yes well there is going to be falls in 2022 is of course what will be the big one what will be the big one um yeah this was about 10 days ago now so the um it's kind of the fleshy bit under my kneecap on one knee now it's all just like really thick and scabby i've picked about half of it off there's plenty more to go there it's just a really satisfying level of scab lovely very nice yeah. <laughs> um so let's catch up on the last episode we had a couple of little things now, emma foy messaged us to say amy you need to update your koros as it has a walk feature but it's with all the other random sports uh, amy i sent that to you 10 days ago have you updated your watch? No, of course not. And that watch will never get updated until it tells no. me it's not going to work anymore unless I update it. Basically, you know, I never update anything. I have, we record this podcast on Audacity. Audacity is always crashing for me and it's because it needs bloody updating. I have a computer that I use for work that I need to download vital work programs on that I can't download at the moment because I haven't updated my computer. Like this isn't like, this isn't just running. This affects my whole life. I don't update anything. I haven't got time for it. There is an easy solution. You are you are aware of the easy solution. Just aren't you? yeah, just update everything. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, for that. You're one of, I'm not you're about one of those I'm not people. about that updating life. I like to do things like old school. I like the nostalgia of it. Of things not working. Yeah, yeah, just like it, how it used to be in the nineties. Also, we've had a message on Instagram from Steph Hall. Yes, we are on Instagram now. Um, a bit. Yeah. And we had a message from Steph Hall when we published the last episode. Said, "Yes, I have so much washing up to do this afternoon. I'm going to listen to this bad boy." Oh, Steph Hall is living the life. Living the life, doing the washing up. Listen, how much washing up? How much washing up you got to do? Because our podcast oh, is like, worth. yeah, an hour. Yeah. Steph, get a dishwasher, change your life. An hour of washing up. 
Well, no, we're going one next week saying, oh, God, unload the dishwasher. Got a podcast to listen to. <laughs> Just doing it very, very slowly. Happy days. <laughs> Amy, what's been your bullshit this week? Um, not much, really. No- nothing much bullshitty has happened. I mean... No. Uh, I had to do a few... I've been doing a lot of runs with Pippin lately just because it's sort of motivating me to go out and run. So those of you who follow me on Strava um, will see that I'm being a bit more consistent with my running, which is working really well. And what's really helping me is taking Pippin out because uh, sort of then I have to think, right, okay, I need to take Pippin out because she also needs a walk or a run. She needs all her exercise. So it makes me go out, which is really good. Um, I had to do some runs at the beginning of the week without Pippin uh, because we went on a dog walk. We, meaning me and Stuart and some of our other friends... And we went to an area near us that's like fields and woods and stuff. And I've taken, this is an area really close to where we live. So I've taken Pip in there so many times and she's normally absolutely fine. This time, no, no, no. She went completely mental. She was just she gone. She was such a dick. She was such a dick. She went into full, so she's a beagle harrier. So they're bred to primarily hunt uh, rabbits and hares. But, you know, she's into any sort of small animals. Um, but I've never seen her behave like she did on this walk. She, I just didn't see her. Like, the last few times we've done this group walk, she'll go off her head with the other dogs and she'll come back sort of every 10 minutes and take a treat off me and check in and then she'll run off again. And her recall's fairly good. Like, call her back, she'll come back for a treat, very free motivated. Didn't see her at all this walk. I only heard her when she'd go into random bushes and get following an animal, get stuck, and then howl. Howl because she'd found the animal and wanted everyone to know and also because she was then stuck in a bramble bush. So that was pretty much the whole walk. But then when we came to the end and we'd, we're just about to go up to the car park, there was this massive hedgerow and she was stuck in there chasing a rabbit for, and we couldn't, we couldn't get to her because it was in this really dense hedgerow, but she was there for about 45 minutes yeah. and we had like people on the, so it was like meadow, it was like a, a sort of a field on one side and a, a country lane on the other. So I was on one side where the field was and my, and my and Freya was on the other side on this road because we didn't want her to run out onto the road and I was almost... I could almost grab her, basically. Um, she was just out of reach. And I was in her face going, Pippin, come here, Pippin, Pippin, Pippin. But not interested. And I saw the rabbit she was chasing. It was two, actually, two really big. I think there were more hares. Um, but yeah, she was just not interested in anything, just obsessed. But anyway, so... Yeah, I'm aware of this because I was waiting to give you a lift yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had to wait in the car park for 45 yeah, minutes. Did, yeah. I think um, she's coming to season soon, so I think it's something to do with that. Because it's, it's funny, because when you go on walks with like a big group of people and your dog's being a total dick and you're going, oh, they're not normally like this. And they're just like, yeah, yeah right. I'm sure people what with kids bitch. have the same thing. Like, oh, they're yeah. normally fine. They don't normally react like this. Not normally as stabby as yeah, that. Yeah, not normally complete twats. Um so anyway, so we had that whole ordeal and then when we got her home, she was struggling to work, walk on her paws and I thought it's probably because um, she's been going over a load, a load of brambles and stuff and I checked them for thorns and there was nothing there, but I, I reckoned they were quite bruised. And then, as the night wore on, a couple of hours later, her eyes started, um, she couldn't open her eyes properly and she was in a lot of pain. I'm like, for fuck's sake. So we had to take her to the emergency vet, which cost 200 quid. Nice. <laughs> 200 quid walk. And it turns out the little dickhead had uh, scratched her eyeballs running through the brambles. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she had some eye drops and some painkillers. And luckily the next day she was she was okay. But I didn't run her for a few days after that because I thought her paws are probably quite sore. But yeah, she, she's got all scratches inside her ears, scratches down her body, all on her belly and stuff. She just went completely feral. Yeah. So, yeah. That... <laughs> but, but on the upside of that, I just looked, you've done 44k this week. I have, yeah. So That's I have, amazing. yeah, I've been getting back into it. 
Um, so yeah, the first few runs in the week I did without Pippin, which running without a dog when you've been running with a dog is really hard. And I never thought I'd have that issue because Pippin doesn't really pull... Well, I didn't think she pulled that much, at least not in like a, a canny cross sort of sense where you see the dog properly pulling mm. and stuff. Um, but then when I got out on my own, I realised how much she does help me along. So <laughs> there was a few yeah. runs that were really difficult. I don't know if you, when you are running with it, I don't. I think you have her on the whole time, don't you? You have her on the whole time yeah. or off the whole time. Yeah, just because her recall's not always 100%. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I found this morning, I've, I've done before, um, having William on the lead, then off the lead, you know, because sometimes people come past, we put him back on. But when you let him off and let him run on his own, my God, I, feels, I feel like 20 kilos heavier instantly. Yeah. It's such a difference because yeah, you is. just float along with a dog pulling you and it's fine. As soon as, I know it's really obvious to kind of say, but it just feels so different when you let them off. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, yeah. I went for a run, I think I did like seven miles on like the Monday or the Tuesday with uh, with Jen, who listens to, to the podcast, big fan. Um, it's, she's sort of always starstruck when she runs with me because she knows it's yeah, the absolutely. Amy Genders from running is bullshit. Uh, but yeah, the whole way we're running, I'm like, is this hard? Are you finding this hard? And I felt like I was going really fast and I was looking down at my watch and I'm doing like 11 minute miles. I'm like, are you finding this hard? Is it just me? Is it really hard? It's just because I wasn't with, with Pippin. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, and then also my knee, I mentioned on the podcast, the situation I had with uh, being a dog running into me and all of that. So luckily my yeah. knee is pretty much 100% better, which I can breathe a huge sigh of relief because the last time I had a knee injury, which was a, a different reason, it wasn't an impact one. Um, but that lasted three or four years. So <laughs> the fact that this only took uh, two weeks, I think it took to get over, I'm really, really happy about. So all pretty much injury free now until the next one. Oh, nice. So Stuart, what have you got coming up next? And can we just mention it's Stuart's birthday today. At the time of recording, Sunday, it is Stuart's birthday. He doesn't want to make a big deal out of it. But it's his birthday. I'm just telling everyone. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't care. Um, if other people don't care, honestly, taking your birthday off Facebook is amazing. I recommend it to everyone. You find who your true friends are then. I, I just <laughs> Um I've done more fell races. Of course I have. Um, two weeks ago, I did the Kimmin fell race near Monmouth. That was 6.7k and 330 metres of elevation. Or if you're a bit old, that's uh, over, just over four miles and 1,100 feet. Um, it's a fully marked course, so it's basically an easy fell race. But it's like the last one. When it's short and marked, it means you have to run hard um, for that shorter distance. And yeah, it was really, really hard. Some obviously long hills up and down. And the thing that annoyed me, we went up through the woods towards the beginning and there were runners who were finishing coming back down uh, at the same time. I got out of the way of maybe seven or eight. You know, I pulled right over to the side so they could just fly past. One of them said thank you. What? I know, I know you concentrate and I know you're running hard and everything. You can still say thank you for someone that's getting out of your way. Come on. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and then yesterday I did a, my my final fell race, uh, I think, of this year. Thank oh. God. Of this year? Uh, come... Yeah, this series runs kind of over winter. Oh, okay, so the season's like finishing yeah. soon anyway, yeah. Yeah, so it was a Cum Nanti Grois, which is in Six Bells, Abertillery, right up the valleys in a weird place. Um, I, when just driving there, I drove up probably the steepest road I've ever driven up in my life. It was fucking terrifying. I was in his proper like first gear and like doing 5,000 revs and me screaming even louder than the car. It was horrible. The valleys have some gnarly roads. I remember when my mum used to live out there and she had this little like Fiat 500 and we got to a point on one of the hills where it just was like, nah, nah, I'm fam, I'm not going up any further. 
it's it's awful. I don't know who got there 150 years ago. And went, yeah, we can we can whack some houses up there, no problem. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, anyway, um, so that was another another fell race, another 8.6k over 500 meters elevation, which is five miles and 1700 feet. Um, the first 12 minutes was just uphill. It was an absolute calf screamer of a hill. You just go on and on and on, pushing down on your knees to get to the top. And like that's a really long time to just climb, like right on your toes, really straining your calves. And that was just the first hill. There was another one like that as well. And we had to come back down. And a lot of it on the top and kind of up these hills and mostly down as well. It's this kind of soft, long grass and moss. It's an absolute ball ache to run because it's completely uneven. Your foot sinks six inches every time. And you're not quite sure if you're going to hit something solid or not underneath. It's really, really hard to run on, especially after we just come up another hill, a good like 100 meter hill. And you have to start running again. You have to try and remember how to start running. But you're also on this spongy moss. And so just trying to run and pick your path through these bushes and grass. Oh, my God, it's really, really awful. Like, basically, in conclusion, fell races are fucking hard. Yeah. I know that's reasonably obvious. Um, but it's just, I've done, well, this is my fifth of the year. There's a series of eight, and we have to do five to get on the final leaderboard. So I'm on the final leaderboard now. Thank fuck for that. There's another one to come. So I don't know my final position for about another month. But I've done very well, as far as I'm concerned. I did a big sprint finish, which is great. Uh, they're just they're just hard, man. Why the the thing I thought about it on the way was, it's like a very concentrated ultra. Because mm. in an ultra, you get to that point of everything hurts. You want to die. Doesn't matter. There's ten miles to go. You have to carry on, mm. and you just force yourself to carry on. These are a bit like that. When you kind of halfway up one of these hills, it fucking hurts, but you just have to keep going. It's just basically how much pain you're willing to put up with mm. to finish that race as quickly as you can. Yeah, this is why I have no interest in fell running because it's like the worst of two different things. It's like yeah. doing almost like doing a 5K, which I hate fucking 5Ks, but then up a massive fuck off hill and you've got to just carry on. Like in an ultra, if I get to the top of a really, really steep hill, I stop and I have a sandwich. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah or you're just halfway up. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah, yeah, like any race where you have to rush, I'm not a fan of. Yeah, this is the longest one I've done at 8.6k. It's the longest. So they're all kind of very, just think about you, a normal kind of trail racing. You just condense it down into between like 6 and 10k and probably a bit hillier. And that's what you get. But, you know, I, if people have them nearby, I recommend you go and give it a go. If you've done trail running, um, I have a look at it first. I think a lot of them will tell you if it's suitable for beginners or not. I reckon you should have a go at it if you've done some trail running because it's like three quid and it's just like a good, pure, basic kind of running. It's up to that trig, come down again, three quid or whatever. Mm. And I got a Tunnock's tea cake at the end. So Ooh, I was happy. Nice. Uh, and I did a run this morning. After all that, I went for another trail run, like 13K. And just now I'm I'm just knackered and tired. Yeah. But I've got a shitload of cake in my house, so I'm going to eat that later. Mm. I had... Once I'm done with this shit. It, what's your like, favourite post-run where it's been a hard run snack? Because... I went for my long run today, I did 10 miles, which is actually like my longest run in quite a while because of all the shit that's been going on, feeling unwell and then um, the dog thing and all of that. And I came back and I re I remembered I had um, gyozas, you know, those little, uh, the Japanese sort of dumpling style things with vegetables and stuff in. I did a load no, of, I don't. listeners may know if you're a fan of wagamamas or just sort of Japanese. If you're a bit fancy. Cuisine in general, gyozas. Anyway, you can buy them frozen in Asda. So I have a big bag of frozen ones, which are meant to last a while. But I just get home, I dump them, dump them all in the steamer and just ate a whole bag of uh, Gyoza's just after my long nice. run, so which is a bit random, but yeah, anything like that, I'm just like devouring. 
No, I don't have a go-to. I think like immediately after, I'm just out of out of my head, and I, I don't know what's going on. Mm. But a tonic's tea cake was very welcome. Yeah, I know. Today I, I came back and I I was exhausted, and Freya's like, "Are you okay? Are you sad?" I'm like, "No, I'm knackered." <laughs> Are you <laughs> sad? I'm like, "No, I'm well, really tired." Like, well, yeah, but that's a different yeah. thing. <laughs> she said, "You look really sad." I'm like, yeah, "I kind of am, and I'm just tired. I feel like just I'm hungry and tired." Yeah. <laughs> Um, there's something else I said in the first race there um, the fact that people are going up are coming down the woods the same time I was going up it's because this race the the start changed a few times because in the run up to that race the rules and outdoor activities in Wales changed a couple of times and uh, you know it was going to be uh, 50 people running at half hour intervals in the end they said right to turn up and it's just an open rolling start so you can just turn up you get beeped and scanned and you just go whenever you want and I've got to say I think that's possibly the worst way to start a race. It's deeply unsatisfying to turn up to an empty start line and there's a guy there with a scan and goes, yeah, do you want to go? Beep, yeah, okay, off you go then. You know, oh, oh okay. That, you may as well it, do it? it on your own. If you're not going to win it, you may as well do it. Just go yeah. there, you know. And so I was thinking then of all the different ways to start races and we should talk about that because yeah. that's a thing to talk about. Fill some time, won't it? Um, so the different ways to start races and the best and worst. Um, so... Obviously, like your classic is the mass start, which is just the most basic. Everyone just goes at once. Three, two, one, go. The whole field goes. And that's kind of the easiest one to to figure out. Probably what happens at most events, you know, obviously all park runs. But that is a bit of a shit one if you're at the back. Mm. Or... And that's the problem with that. It's a bit of a shit one in general if... Um... I find like a mass... So there's... we're going to talk about waves in, in a moment, but sometimes like city sort of half marathons in particular will do it so there's waves but you sort of organize yourself in a way so yeah. you know you're placed so it is a mass start but you sort of place yourself in the starting sort of thing yeah where you're going to finish and people always think they're faster than they are and that's yeah. the thing with mass starts it's just trying to get around people and even in um even waved starts as well people put themselves in the long waves like the thing is about those mass starts it's like you're using so much energy to get around people it's absolutely yeah. exhausting i think mass starts are good for smaller races yeah especially yeah and if it's a, just a disorganized mass start where people can just start anywhere they want mm. that's when it does i mean it can actually be a little bit dangerous at times people weaving in and out as well because people just they get their lates so they have to start at the back so the, i think the other one then is the mass wave start where you do get waves but also each wave gets its own start and i think that's maybe i'm thinking about it i think that's the best way to start i mean obviously it, it suits big events more but i think that's good fun because all the people that are maybe too fast for that wave they can start at the front and catch the last one and all the people that might be too slow for it, they can start at the back yeah, I and kind of yeah. get absorbed. I find that Cardiff Paths are usually quite good with that. And I know in the past they've like set off their fireworks and woo, let's go sort of thing yeah. for each wave, which is quite nice because obviously if you're not a fast runner, if it was a mass start, you wouldn't see that. Um, yeah, I think it's just, and with those, you just kind of hope that people will, when they're entering their stuff, their things online, that they'll sort of have a hmm. realistic idea of when they're going to be able to finish by. The other reason I really like that one, because I did that at the Liverpool Rock and Roll 5K. They did that with kind of separate wave starts. I think it's quite a narrow start line. And so me and two people from my club, we started right at the front. And so for 200 metres of that race, it felt like I was winning. I, we were like three waves back, but I was just out there in front like, yes, come on. Open road in front of you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's amazing. What a feeling. 
Imagine what that must be like for an actual good runner. <laughs> so that's the reason I like them because you can get to the front and you can dick about. Mm. I would I would never know that feeling. <laughs> Give it a go sometime. Um, so that I think that's the two types of mass start. Um, the, the individual starts. So the, the one I just described there where it's just random, anyone starts wherever they want. I think that is the worst kind of start. Yeah. It's so unsatisfying because you might overtake someone, but so what? They might have started 20 minutes ahead of you. Yeah. And, you know, if someone overtakes you, they might have finished 20 minutes after you. It's just kind of, yeah, like at one point, some guy overtook me. I thought, right, I'll try and stay with him. Oh, wait, no, that lasted about 10 seconds. Yeah. Because I'd had no chance because he was much, much quicker than me. Mm. Yeah, it's like no uh, need to gauge it. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's also the ascending order. So as in a handicap where each runner is faster than the last. Now that is actually a really good one. I described the handicap on the last episode we did in our club. That is good fun because you run scared the whole time in a good way because you can catch the person ahead and the person behind can catch you. I don't like it. I don't. I don't like. It's too stressful. I do not like it. Like I know when we. This is like when we do our club out and backs, which is like, oh, you're supposed to run out for twenty minutes and then you run back for twenty minutes and no one should be overtaking anyone because everyone should be keeping an even pace. That's the whole point. And I'm just running back the whole time, like absolutely terrified that somebody's going to overtake me. But at the same time, thinking if you overtake me, you're not doing your pace evenly yeah exactly I, when i do those ones i get back like on time and all the people yeah. there are ready i'm like well you've all done this wrong uh, yeah i've I'm, done I'm this correctly back. and you've lost i'm back within seconds of my time i'm like yeah good for you even pacing yeah good for you so that is a fun way to do an individual start but there's also descending order which is what seems to happen in canicross usually where each runner is slower than the last which is usually the reason they do it there because they kind of don't want overtaking if possible because obviously with dogs on a narrow course it's a bit trickier and that can be a bit frustrating because you do end up kind of running on your own i like that though it's like i'm a i'm a loner when i'm running also i'm not competitive so i don't see somebody in front and be like i'm gonna overtake them unless they've been a dick you know like that guy that kept trying to overtake me at the cardiff 10k just because i'm sure it was just because i'm a woman and so then i had to and i was faster than him so i had to make a point of overtaking him but normally like i don't care about that sort of thing so that would be my ideal because there's no stress i'm at the back no one's going to yeah, be trying so- to overtake me on some, you know, a narrow path or whatever. Like, I'm cool. I, mean, I can just get lost in my own thoughts. So that's why the handicap doesn't suit you, because you no. don't want to actually have a race. No, no. That's not the reason I run at all. I don't want to race anyone. <laughs> so I'll do my own thing. So I think those are all the types of starts. If we've missed any, let us know. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying the mass wave start is the best. And random individual start the worst just so unsatisfying i think it for me the mass wave start is the best for like a, a road half marathon or Big 10k event, yeah. or something if it's a trail run like over distance or candy cross or whatever um i think descending order i prefer that <laughs> it's surprising you're not into virtual runs in, in this case because you might as well just go on your own at this point yeah yeah <laughs> i like to I'm, I'm what a, a child psychologist might call a parallel player i like to just be okay. doing my own thing Next to other people doing their own things. <laughs> oh, actually, think about it. If you talk different starts, then there is also the virtual start where mm. it's like the same event technically, but everyone starts at the same time wherever they are, mm. and that doesn't almost even really count because it's just stupid. The only time I've seen it work is for the London Marathon virtual one, but that's because they've got the critical mass of so many people doing yeah. it that you do see people. If you, especially if you're in a city, you see people out and about doing it as well, and you'd be like, "Yeah, woo, hey." But most virtual races don't have the critical mass for that to work. Yeah, that's very true. Oh, so there you go. That, that's just some talking about starts. It's just one of these things I was thinking about during a race and I thought, there you go, that'll do for a podcast. 
Speaking of ideas I had for the podcast, I actually had my greatest idea I've ever had, which I've buried down 20 minutes in. This is amazing. Uh, it got a lot of traction on Twitter as well. Queer Eye, but for runners. It's amazing. I know the, the silence and when you shook your head there. Because <laughs> you can't I, believe what a good idea it is. Can I just say, I think we need some more guests on soon. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I, something else I tweeted this week is like um, when you're messaging prospective guests and then the first five minutes of your last podcast is just us talking about what kind of shit we'd like to do on our pants. <laughs> I think that's, I mean, there is a little bit of screening there, but I worry that it's too much screening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The amount of people we've messaged and then just no reply. And it's probably, they've read, you left yeah. us on red, basically. And it's probably because they've had a listen and thought, what is this? What literally shit? <laughs> yeah, there's a few of those. So anyway, five queer runners, basically, they would show up to transform your running, make you look fabulous and learn about yourself because that's the most important thing. And so like, they'd be experts in coaching, shoes, nutrition, equipment and psychology. And they would just like sweep in and just transform your whole running life. Because, you know, on, on Queer Eye, it'd be the same here. It, 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 you know when shit gets really real because like Karamo sits you down or the equivalent of him he'll sit you down and be like now are you running or are you running away and then you just sob yeah I, I once kinda, you really get into it I kind of like it are you saying it'd be the guys from Queer Eye doing it or just that like, I think those? it would have to be like equivalents of them I don't think yeah. it'd be those they, they don't seem like runners to do me do they exist in the running world I don't know like, they must be like because obviously, rightly so, the LGBTQ community has quite a reputation for being well-dressed and stuff and all that yeah. sort of thing. You know, rightly so. Um, Sorry, I, I just want to point out Amy's currently in a corgi onesie. <laughs> 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 Nothing wrong with that. When I'm, when you I'm know at what? Home. You're rocking it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. With, with style. So, But I do wonder, like, would... Does that translate to running? Because I go out looking like, and no offense to people or are, but I go out looking like I'm, I'm colorblind because like, nothing matches. Nothing matches. <laughs> nothing matches. Um, oh, yeah, but that's just running gear. Nothing. No, but that's what I mean. Match. So, like, do you, uh, if any of the queer runners are listening, do you think you dress particularly well when you're running? I don't know. Like, does it translate in that way? When I tweeted this, we had a reply from Brie at Eat Meets West who said, this is just your friendly local front runners, which is an LGBTQ um, running kind of group uh, network around the UK. And oh. apparently they just give you all that help anyway. Oh, I, th so that's good. I thought they meant um, the Brooks front runners. And I'm like, are they just <laughs> outing all those people? <laughs> Perhaps they are. But, I yeah, I have heard of uh, front runners. So any front runners, if you're listening, let us know. Do you think that you're particularly like better dressed or have a better insight because you're or when or when like people turn up to your yeah when people turn up to your club nights are you queer eyeing them yeah are you judging their gear i mean if anyone hasn't seen queer eye by the way it's all on netflix you gotta watch it it's amazing yeah. it's a beautiful show yeah definitely yeah i really enjoy that but yeah I, I think that's a good idea i don't think it would sell to netflix but no maybe not <laughs> i think it could work I think it could definitely work. The nutrition, the quick, yeah, yeah. We just like when they, when they just like sit down, you know, the sixty year old man running, and they tell him he's beautiful. They look in his eyes, tell him he's beautiful, and he just breaks down in tears because yeah. no one's ever said that to him before. Yeah. Oh, what a moment! Let's get some gear that works for you. Let's get some colours. Let, let, let's make those shorts a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've had this vest since nineteen seventy two. It's fine. It's great. I think we can do better. This is what I mean. Like I've got shorts that I bought in 2012 that I still wear. I think 
I think yeah, I'd, I'd need to be because they do on the new queer eye they do actually make over people who are queer as well so I think I'd be mm. in need of this as well, rather than being like one of the gurus or something not that anyone yeah I, I, I never had you paid for it <laughs> I'll be honest no I think I'd uh, I think I'd need a makeover <laughs> Uh, anyway uh, great idea I, I think let me know uh, if you'd like to volunteer to make that show and give us the money for it uh, now we had a tweet about our last patreon song from the mysteriously monosyllabic jay who said finally got out for my first run of the week with the new episode on 99 luftballons 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 is a fave running song so amy's rendition had already upped my pace even before my name was the big finale Cheers, guys. Good to have you back. Uh, to be fair, Jay, your your name is often the big finale because I run out of like names to fit the last bit. So I just say Jay over and over again. Yeah, it, it's awkward to fit in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, to be honest, what I should do is I should take the time to change all the names around to sort of fit the syllables of the original words. But ain't yeah. nobody got time for that when I'm spending bloody three hours just trying to make Garage Band work. So unfortunately, God. you just have to put up with J, 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 J. Perhaps you need yeah. to update Garage Band. You know what I do? It keeps trying to download stuff. And I'm like, no, God. not now. Not now. I'm busy. <laughs> well, if you're listening, perhaps one day your name could be the big finale. If you fancy donating money to this podcast via patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit or follow the link from our website. This week, I've gone back to my musical theatre roots with this. Gordy Thelwell, Neil Denton, Penny Simpson, Kel Ryder-Mallis. Rachel Bentley, Angela Foster-Swales, Stuart Stevens, Kirk Shepard, Sam Wally. Matt Jones, McConnell. Colin Hill, David Sinclair, Amanda B. Hernandez, Carl Fleming, Maria Wicks, Matthew Wall, Bernadette McCarthy, Simon Ross, Ida Hewitt, Sherry Grubbs, Victoria Magnus, Amanda Murray Hind, Ian Hales, Jonathan Carter, Matt H., Nikki Genders, Julia Page, McAfee, James Lambert. Hugh Phillips, Lisa Gibb, and Tim Hughes, Carl Gilmore, Jason Spinks. Max McCarthy, Martin Cavan, Ian Thompson, Paul Hibbert, Gabby Thomas, Naya, Sophie Jakes, Karen Hamilton, Debbie Hurley, Liz Reese, Elliot Lyon, Chris Whitmore, Ruth KP, Steph Hall, Anthony Hound, Rich Gum, Jay, Len Martin, Victoria Dick, Kath Everard, Victoria Night Phillips, Claire Dina, David Irwin, Charlie Nevison, Brian Simpson, was amazing oh yeah yeah i went back to it there um well we, we know a little bit about amy's music history um <laughs> you might not know about me i actually do have a music theater degree um and we did lay at school uh, back in about 2003 it must have been because uh Les hadn't been released to amateur groups for like 20 years and they released a school's edition and i believe my school were the second school in europe to get the rights to do this show just because they were real nerds and they just applied first. That's what it was. But I played Tenardier in my school's uh, edition. So that's why that was so good. It just cracks me up whenever you mention that you've got a degree in musical theatre. Like, that is something... When you first told me, I was like, what? Yeah. If you said, guess what my degree is in, I would never in a million years Yeah, I've done that to quite a few people. It's good fun. Like, the closest I'd guess was, like, 
would be like English literature. That's the closest, oh, I guess, to that realm of like the humanities yeah. and the, all of that and the oh, arts. But yeah, a, a pointless degree, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not point. Hey, I, I'm in the it humanities. Is. Don't call it a really pointless degree. Sir. English literature, come on. Um, also, fun fact, uh, when I did the school's edition, uh, Les Mis, and, you know, I did theatre at school, uh, I really wanted the part Gervais and I was really fucking angry I didn't get that part because I thought I should get it. And the person who did get it uh, is now, as it turns out, a Hollywood movie star. So Sam Claflin, he was in Hunger Games and he was in Pirates of the Caribbean. He was basically like the new Orlando Bloom in the later films. Quite a big deal, oh. it turns out. So probably actually quite good casting for my school. But I'm still a little bitter about it 20 years on. Well, maybe if you were in that role, that would be your oh, yeah, part. Yeah, I could have been in Hunger Games. Yeah. I could have beefed up and been Finn. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. I'm just recording this podcast with you instead. <laughs> it's, it's a good compromise. God. Well, anyway, uh, if you've got messages, don't forget to get in touch uh, with your running bullshit on Twitter and Facebook. Just need to search Running is BS and let us know why you particularly hate running this week. First of all, at Paso LCP said, I appreciate how kind it is of motorists to stop and allow me to cross a junction. However, I have stopped for the very good reason of catching my breath and don't need to be forced into continuing my run. Hashtag running problems. I think that's why they're stopping. <laughs> I think that's exactly why they stop, and there are probably other runners who know exactly that, and they're just feeling a bit sadistic that day. Yeah, I was doing a club run the other week, and I was running with someone, and we every like um, junction we hit, we hit the green lights, and he's like, "Oh fuck's sake, I want to rest." I'm like, "Just stop. You can stop any other time. You don't have to stop at a traffic light. Just stop anyway if you want to stop. I don't care." <laughs> I do do the same. Like if I'm especially towards the end of the end of the run when you're really knackered and you're just like, "Oh, just go, just go and red. A good excuse just to stand there and then yeah, <laughs> like, I just stop anyway. No one cares. <laughs> I care. At Neil underscore Grant says, wishing spare hamstrings were available on Amazon. Mm, the more you think about that, the more gruesome that gets. Imagine priming spare hamstrings. I mean, yeah, they'd arrive. I mean, what would they arrive when? They'd be frozen? Would they have to be like fresh? Like, would they come out of someone that morning? Those... Would you have to guess? <laughs> those... Would you have to get them to the hospital and get a surgeon to put them in you? I mean, how that? Come on. Just those like really crappy uh, brown bags that they wrap stuff in at Amazon now just covered in oh, blood. Oh, well, the box would be the box would be five feet long. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely massive bag stuffed with, uh, absolutely massive box stuffed with brown paper with just these kind of little slimy hamstrings in there. I mean, what, would you install them yourself? Would you have to get someone to come and do it for you? Where do they get them from? Jeff Bezos? Where are they getting the them from? The Amazon workers, you know? The Amazon Probably, workers yeah. just like, well, your time now. Gotta get these out. Get quick. Your hamstrings off. You don't need Poing, ha- you don't need hamstrings off. to scan these parcels. Come on, let's go. No. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. That's his. That's a bad plan. idea, Neil Grant. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth Noble said, "Ice and people who can run on it, while I can't even walk on the stuff." Moved to Norway after being separated from my husband during COVID, but didn't remember how icy winter here is. I've had to resort to going to the gym and running on a treadmill because I'd rather not die. I get you, I get you. I'm such a wimp with that stuff. This tiny bit of ice. And it's always me. If I go running with other people, they're just running over it. And I'm slipping and sliding, going, woo, 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 like shrieking every two seconds because I'm slipping. And they're just running. I take my chances with the with the ice rather than a treadmill. Yeah, true. I've never like go that far to the... I, I remember treadmill. once there was really, really bad ice, like black ice everywhere, like actually dangerous. And instead of going for my normal run or going on the treadmill um i lived in a like a i think it was a seven floor apartment building i just ran up and down the stairs my god I know, I, don't, I don't know why i wouldn't do that now it was a good few years ago well, you can't even put that on strava what's the point i know i, don't, I have no idea it's a bit mad god. 
At Catherine Fenton says, starting run with gloves on as it's bloody freezing. Realise halfway round that it's now too hot for gloves and there is nowhere to put them apart from flapping them out of your waistband. Catherine, get some pockets. <laughs> I, I understand that pain. I always do that. I always have to start is this with a, gloves. Is this the thing with women's shorts? Like they don't come with pockets? Is that a thing? No, yeah, they don't actually. The only... <laughs> it's funny, I've got some... Top advice for women, top tip, if you're looking for gloves with shorts, Under Armour do some really nice shorts which have pockets in. And they have pockets in and I tell everyone because when I go to club or whatever and I wear my shorts, I go, these have pockets in. I tell everyone. Um, Is it like when someone, a woman compliments another woman's dress and they're like, it's got pockets. That's exactly it. It's always it. the first thing. Exactly. So like a lot of the Under Armour shorts have pockets and they're amazing because as well, if you have someone like me, I always have my hands in my pockets as well. So just being able to put my hands in my pockets while I'm waiting for something, while I'm in my shorts, it's just amazing. Looks scruffy. Yeah, that's that's the vibe I'm going for. <laughs> uh, we've had some emails as well. First one says, hi, Stuart and Amy. Listening to the latest pod and I have an odd length race. The Carsington 7 Plus is a lovely race around Carsington Reservoir in Derbyshire. It seems to have originally been called the Carsington 7, but was longer. Post-COVID in 2020, it became the 7 plus, but it was shortened slightly to seven and a half miles. So I guess it's actually quite well named. Just an odd distance and even has a link to pace calculators to help you predict your finish time for start waves. If that's not a sign of an odd distance, then I don't know what is. Yeah, I agree. I do like a race that's an odd distance now. I've kind of got over 5Ks and 10Ks because I can't be bothered. Uh, so I quite like an odd distance race. Mm, I mean, I do everything on my watch in miles so even 5k's and 10k's are an odd distance to me yeah uh, he goes on to say what about cross-country races that change in length just ran the hertfordshire cross-country this weekend and it was initially 11.9k but the map showed 12k and everyone ran at least 12.6 to 12.8k luckily i didn't put a sprint in just before the 12k as i'd have never carried it on for 800 meters and it was muddy that's why we love cross-country love the pod keep the weirdness going matt uh, yeah, I think that's a good thing about cross country is that they're weird distances. I like the fact you'll get a map and it'll show like 10k, uh, everyone will run 10.9k, and it's just completely random as to what you actually do on the day. Yeah, and I kind of that's kind of standard in ultras, like longer distances, that it's not going to be exactly the yeah, and that's that's sometimes good, that's sometimes bad. So, I've spoken about before, like when I the first year I did the Vogum, supposed to be 40 miles, ended up being like 43 miles, which those final three miles were horrendous this last year sorry um it was again supposed to be 40 miles it was like 39 points something very small like 39.2 which was amazing like when you're knackered you didn't know where to put your sprint finish in though the, no exactly but i i had, I had no sprint finish left in me it was what? like a hobble finish <laughs> uh, matt also emailed about running cross country and he recently started the senior men's race and about 200 metres in, the junior men's race ran diagonally through them as they came in to finish, which he called total carnage and utter BS, which is just funny. That's just bad planning. I think that's just a freak event. What is it with cross country? You know, we've had all these it's, issues around gender and now this. Yeah, it's all over the place. So, yeah, please keep letting us know about races where the race name doesn't match the distance. It's a very niche ask, but I'm sure there's more of them out there. We've also had a very long email from Sophie. Thank you very much. Love the long email. So we've had to crop it down just a bit because... <laughs> we. <laughs> Stuart's had to crop it down just a bit so we don't become like an, you know, a three-part audio book. 
Um, so Sophie says, hi Stuart and Amy, this weekend I did the Benfleet 15 run in Essex. I had entered for January 2020, surgery forced me to ask for a deferral and Covid postponed the 2021 event until 2022. I had clean forgotten about the event until I got an email eight weeks prior asking if I wanted to pre-order the race t-shirt. I think that's happened to us all with all the deferrals and things over cancellations over Covid. I'm massively undertrained and fully aware that it's part trail and very hilly, yet I'm incredibly stubborn, so there was very little consideration given to not doing it. Also, it would be nice excuse to stay with a university friend and catch up. She then goes on to say that in the race she was happy to walk the uphills, but the downhills were so slippy she had to walk those too. She then asked herself, what would Gabby Naya do? I ask myself that every day. And proceed to dick around and take selfies instead, which she says in the emails helped a little. They do. I I feel that. Just a little. Yeah, they do. They do. However, the email continues. The big bullshit part of the run was the car parking. A friend had bought me clothes to change into and I declined offers of something from the cafe and headed to the car park at 1.30 to join the pay machine queue. My husband had cycled home and luckily had a key with him and we finally paid at 2.24. You're in the queue for that long? Yeah. That's crazy. I'd like to add, this is not the race organiser's fault. They warned us of the charge and no one had an issue with that because we all parked there. The general consensus was we have all chucked a tenner in a bucket to quickly leave rather than queuing to pay £6 parking fee. It was automatic number plate recognition. So why couldn't we have prepaid for parking or do it via an app or online? I know, exactly, in 2022. Just complete bullshit. I realise I've ranted on, so please feel free to edit my bullshit. Here's my first selfie that epitomised my feelings. And there's a fantastic selfie of Sophie looking miserable with, like, mud and the four-mile sign in the background. Only four miles. (laughs) Oh, and there's another image as well, which is just her feet just in a load of what looks like very slippy mud. It looks like that proper slippy mud. Oh, yeah. Nasty. She finishes by saying, so car parking is bullshit. Thanks for the pod, Sophie. Yeah, anything after a race that is delayed like we've heard before of like bag drop delays and things like that or cues to get out of places anything like that after a race or particularly a really hard one like that is just awful i just feel really angry in those situations as well like i'm not an angry person but i remember after the cardiff bay 10k getting your bag back was this whole thing and i'm trying to tell the person even though it had a tag on my number i'm trying to tell the poor volunteer that's my bag there and describe it to them. But it's like a black bag that looks like every other bloody person's black backpack. It's, it's a black backpack? Yeah, yeah. I felt like oh, I was on no. one of those claw machines. Or, you know, like crystal maze or something. <laughs> I was like, to the left, to the left, down, down. Yeah, that's it. That No, not that one, not that one. To the left a bit more, left a bit more. Oh, it's like Nightmare on ITV. Yeah. That was a good show. Oh my God. Yeah, but I get it because I'm a lot more irritated than I'd normally be in those situations. And I'd, oh, like, yeah. I'd like to apologise to any volunteer that I encounter post-race. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Volunteering after a race, you have to be so efficient mm. because the person that you're like helping out has not got time for any dicking around. No, <laughs> no banter there whatsoever. Uh, now, last email, dear Amy and Stuart. Until recently, I had a handy chest torch that did the job perfectly running on trails and, this is a crucial detail, you could adjust the tilt to suit the terrain, be it canal towpath or minor country lane. Only on Monday, my heaving chest muscles proved too much for it and it broke a mere mile into my run with the dog. A hasty tie around my belly proved sufficient to at least continue on my run. However, tonight I needed a light, so I went with another lamp, 
not quite so adjustable. More like the arc reactor that Iron Man uses, going by the reaction I got from a gentleman in a white Astrovan. He decided it was far too bright and took it upon himself to try and impede my progress with his vehicle. Words were exchanged, the takeaway being he didn't like the brightness and what I was doing running on his road. He uttered the immortal words, you don't even pay road tax. Oh, Oh, that classic that every cyclist knows. Uh, He even suggested I run in daylight. Love, Ian. I hate that shit. The road tax thing. We all play fucking road taxes. Quote unquote road taxes. You fucking council tax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's so much with that. Um, Though, in a way, I'm partially on the side of the van man. Because I have been a person before to shout at people about their lights on their bikes and their heads when they've got a ridiculous, crazy bright light and it's just pointing straight ahead and not at the ground. Because all you do is just dazzle people coming. Like I've had to, quite frequently, I've like cycled down to Cardiff, down an unlit path. I had to stop my bike. I had to stop, I think, three times in one night before. I just pulled over to the side and stopped because I couldn't see anything from someone that was still 30 or 40 metres away because it was so bright. The best point it at the fucking ground. The best ones are the the brightest ones are those um, ones for cycling that go on top of your helmet. They look like a mini torch and they're always pointed directly in front of them. It's like, mate, too bright, too bright. Yeah, there's a local park here and it's got a really long straight path and someone coming at the end of that with one of those torches they can be like a quarter of a mile away and i still actually can't really see anything in front of me because it's dazzled me from that far away i still can't really see any detail around me yeah they are bad so please do point them at the ground yeah but don't but don't pull your van in front of someone and stop them there's no need especially at night when it's dark and shit like that's creepy but yeah ian send us a picture of your light let's let's assess it let's see how bright it is I'm just going to get a picture of just a bright white. Yeah. <laughs> no, we can't see. We'll be the judge of that. <laughs> bullshit running news. Bullshit running news. Bullshit running. Bullshit running. Bullshit running news. Lovely. Uh, the biggest news at the moment this week uh, seems to be that Runner's World, uh, by the looks of it, have started limiting how many articles per month you can see for free, which really fucks over this section because we are not paying for a subscription. <laughs> Uh, hopefully we'll find ways around it if we just use oh, different browsers and stuff just it'll like, probably be fine i tagged you in something the other day the running runners world had posted which i thought was recent news seeing as they posted it on their social medias recently so when when yeah. when a website that posts news posts something to its social media you assume that that's recent so yeah, I, here's a funny video yeah so i like linked you to it and you're like yeah we covered that whenever it was i'm like why fucking run as well posting it yeah now, it was like then? episode like 55 yeah or something like that yeah but they just posted it i'm like right okay because i knew it was familiar it's about a pregnant woman whose surname was myla running a fast mile oh yeah and she was like eight months pregnant yeah. so i'm like yeah i'm sure we've covered that it's partly my fault because i forget these things but also don't yeah. post shit like it's it's new i did see not running related but i saw the best clickbait article earlier and the title was, it was from the bbc as well the headline was man found dead surrounded by hundreds of snakes and you, i clicked on it because i was like holy shit no word of a lie this wasn't the onion or anything this was the bbc a man was found dead in his house where he kept pet snakes in 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 whatever they're called like vivarium tanks, tanks whatever, yeah yeah, yeah. It's just like the most clickbaity article. It worked. Ever. They got the clicks. I was like, holy shit, that's crazy. Like, why are all these hundreds of snakes around this dead guy? What's happening? Yeah, anyway. Um. <laughs> it's like woman found dead in kitchen surrounded by mugs. Yeah. Well, well yeah. Because <laughs> they're all in the cupboards. <laughs> surrounded by cutlery, crockery and food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
um, well, anyway, uh, from Ian Thompson, we had this. Amy, uh, you're an academic. You'll you'll enjoy a bit of spurious research. Uh, researchers at Plymouth Margin University, which straight away, like, is that the shit university in Plymouth? Because there's always uh, the, you, the there's always like a university of a, there's like city name university. Then there's always a shit one on the edge of town, isn't to there? To be honest, I should know this, but I've never heard of Plymouth margin university i've been to plymouth university for an event like i know plymouth you know i didn't know that i didn't know they had two universities though isn't it isn't there like an oxford brooks university oh yeah or something yeah, like that? yeah 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 like yeah. that like you know sometimes the, the lesser known university is known if you know what i mean like the lesser sort of red brick one but i've never heard of plymouth margin yeah. i knew a friend who um who told people before, oh yeah i went to university in cambridge i'm like did you did you <laughs> did you actually go was it actually anglia ruskin oh, university <laughs> In Cambridge. Well, anyway, Plymouth Margin University, um, po- apologies to everyone of the alumni of that, um, they found that positive encouragement for runners is good and false information is bad. Yeah. Uh, they did a study of how to support runners at races. Um, they even came up with the acronym IMPACT to help supporters at races in future. Because I'm sure a lot of people go to races and they first think to themselves, you know what, I'm going to see if there's any academic papers uh, that support my cheering strategy how does this shit get funded like re- <laughs> if anyone who works in like research you'll know applying for research is super super competitive especially big studies where you're, you're studying people and stuff that are often very expensive you know research grants can run up to like millions of pounds like how how are these studies getting funded <laughs> we want to find out if saying nice things is good yeah. <laughs> so the, the acronym impact is instructional such as, you know, keep your pace, motivational, things like great effort, personalized, uh, so with their name, their running club or their charity and making eye contact, mm, nice. authentic and non-judgmental. So saying like, that's a great charity you're running for, confidence building, you can do this and tailored to the distance. So not like, ah, not far to go now, things like that. Isn't this just what people say anyway? Like I've never heard, I mean, I've never yeah. heard an alternative of these things. This is just what people say. Like I'm trying to imagine. I mean, there's a little, you get a little bit of banter. Like you're doing. You shit. get a little bit of banter sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of obvious. That's not going to motivate or make somebody feel good. Like all these things that they list is stuff that people do already. I don't really understand the point of making this list. I just, I imagine that the side of the road, they're about to shout and they go, "Hang on a sec." Instructional, motivational, personalized, authentic, confidence building, tailored to the distance. Yeah, you've got this. Well done. I love your running club. Just, it's a great charity running for you can do this there's two miles to go keep your pace and by then you know they'd have to be walking at that point they're actually not going to hear all that um the article also mentioned uh the article also mentioned that to comment on a runner's appearance is bad as well as telling them to dig deep when they may have already dug as far as they can go again obvious like oh you... it's like encouraging someone to do a sprint finish when they're clearly yeah. not up for it or saying oh your vest doesn't match your shoes no bed <laughs> And there's 20 miles to go, even though there's only two. Yeah. So there we go. There's some useful research there. I'd, I'd love to read the funding bid, just exactly how they, they got <laughs> that funded. Because, I, you know, anyway. Um, Emma Timmis, originally from Derby in the UK, has run the entire length of New Zealand, which is 1,300 miles in just 21 days. Oh. Oh, New Zealand is beautiful, though, so I'm sure that was an amazing run. But still, that's too fast. Uh, it beat the previous record by two weeks, not, not two days, two weeks, and she averaged 62 miles a day. That's mad. She ran and walked a lot of the route next to State Highway 1 on the hard shoulder, 
but we couldn't recommend it as it wasn't designed for pedestrians and was constantly dealing with traffic passing by at 100 kilometers an hour. Okay, I take back what I said about, you know, yeah. I'm sure this you can still see beautiful parts of New Zealand from the highway, but still, it's pretty gnarly. Yeah, she made running through New Zealand sound bad. Yeah. <laughs> in its way, is very impressive. I was on the hard shoulder and he died. <laughs> I did it. But the thing about this, like she ran the entire length of New Zealand. I could only find two articles in New Zealand on it and one from the BBC before she'd even done it, like her planning to do it. And like she just, why had no running websites picked this up? I think that's crazy. Oh, well, they're all busy in New Zealand, like tending to their sheep and stuff and all of that. Well, I just think if, if it's like any kind of ultra run, if it's not in Colorado or California, just no one cares. Oh my God, yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. That's where ultra running is. If you're not doing like yeah. bad rock or whatever, then who cares? Is it bad? bad rock? Is it bad rock? Bad water. Bad water. <laughs> so you don't even give a shit. You're thinking of bedrock, which is the town in the Flintstones. No. That's what you're there thinking of. There is one of. that starts with bad. Bad water. Bad water. No, no, but something rock. There's one that something rock. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't obviously don't give a shit. No. <laughs> anyway, Stuart, what's coming up next? Oh, let's tie this up. Uh, yeah, after eight races in nine weeks, I'm finally free from races for three weeks. Um, I can switch my attention to long runs and I appear to have planned my first long run at 14 miles. So that's wildly optimistic. Is that going to be like trail or road? Or? Um, I I try not to like avoid hills. when I, It won't be like an intentionally really hilly one, but I don't like avoid hills if I can because I think I don't, I, yeah, I don't like running flat all the time because it's a bit boring. Um, yeah, so uh, I'll also be volunteering at Junior Park Run next week, which should be hilarious. God. Sounds like my idea of a nightmare. Park Run and kids. It, yeah, but it's very. It, it's not long and it gives me one more volunteer credit so I can feel smug about it at least. Uh, Amy, anything coming up for you? Not really. I've got that 18 miler in March. That's literally the only thing on my horizon at the moment. So I need to get back into my long runs. Did do a lot, like I said, I did a long run today of 10 miles. So I'm feeling a bit more confident now because I was a bit like, oh shit, it's, it's beginning of March as well. So I've only got basically like a month to train, but it should be fine. Hashtag building up the mileage. But hashtag building up the mileage. It should be. Oh, it's back. Oh, it feels good. Yeah. It feels comfortable. It but I, I'm actually doing it. Like the amount I've been saying for the last two years, I'm building up my mileage and haven't been doing it, but I've, I've had a week of actually doing it. So let's see if we can sustain it. Is it building up when you've just doubled your previous week though? I know. I looked at that. I thought that's not good, is it? But I feel okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to come back next week and you haven't run at all. Oh, you supposed to. I know, I know. There must be some... If it worked, I could make it like a training method, couldn't I? The, the gender <laughs> If <training>. it worked. <laughs> you know like people saying they're jeffing or whatever. They could be genders in yeah. where they just sort of don't run for weeks. Do a week of like 30 miles in a week. Then they don't run. They do a bit of running and then they don't. And, and then it comes to race day. They're rested but under-trained, and they just get through it. The genders method. But the key thing there, you said at the beginning, if it worked. If it worked. Look, it depends what your goals are. If you just want to get through uh, to something. To be fair, if you just, yeah, if you really lower your standards, yeah. then it's fine. If you just want to get Perfectly through acceptable. something, barely hanging on for dear life, and feel like absolute shit afterwards, then have I got a training method for you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Call Amy for some personalised <laughs> coaching, which she'll half ask. Only £200 an hour. <laughs> <laughs> But she'll only work for about 20 minutes of that and then get yeah, distracted. I'll be late. I won't have looked up the nose. I have no idea who you are. I'll mispronounce your name. <laughs> and I won't be able to connect because all my programs are out of date. So yeah. you'll just be sat on Zoom on your own. 
And then when I do get there, I'll just be like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's fine. You're doing really great. Bye. Right, 200 quid. Cool. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, get in touch with us. <laughs> if you enjoyed this bullshit, please visit runningisbs.com to see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon, merch store and social medias. Oh, can I go to bed now? Bye. Yes. Oh. really satisfying level of scab